Because sometimes as parents, we don't understand that our kids might just be trying as hard as they possibly can. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me. You have tuned into the Detox Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Hobbs, and today is episode number 16, and it's the finishing part, so part two of the series, The Privilege of Being a Father. And today, the topics we're going to discuss is disciplining with patience, vulnerability, and the importance of leaving a legacy. Now, when I chose the six topics over this two-part series, I wanted to make sure that these topics I actually put into place, and they are things that I actually deal with on a day-to-day basis or on a basis of how I discipline, how I raise my son, how I love my son. And this series could go on and go on and go on, but I wanted to just touch on these six topics. So let's just jump right into it. Disciplining with patience. Discipline has changed over the years. The way my grandfather disciplined my father, the way my father disciplined me, and the way I discipline my son. Generation after generation after generation, there's different styles of disciplining. But the one thing that I believe that every single one of the generations that I am a part of is respect. That is one thing I will say I will never back down from because I'm a firm believer that children need to respect their parents. The Bible talks about honor your mother and your father. So that's one thing that all of these generations can agree on. Now, the different styles of discipline has definitely changed over the years. I'm a little bit softer approach than maybe my past generations. And that's just because I have to figure out what works with my son. Disciplining is not a one size fit all situation. What worked for me might not work for my son. And I'll tell you parts of what worked for me won't work for my son because I've tried it. So what I came down to was disciplining with patience. Now, when I discipline my son, I have to always remember that I have to be patient with him. I have to be patient with his feelings. I have to be patient with how he reacts. I have to be patient with how I might react to how he reacts, right? Like I discipline and I'm stern and I'm strict. I do not whip my child. I don't touch my son in any fashion. As I've grown as a father and as God has downloaded and revealed different things to me, your son, you have to feed off of what your child receives. You have to feed off of how they listen after you discipline. Now, I can come in, I can yell, Jeremiah, get your butt. You should have done this. You should have done that. But I know my son. He's going to close down. He's going to he's going to shrink up. I'm not making him feel worthy. I'm not making him feel like he has a say. And I know some of the old school parents, they might seem like you do what I say. No matter what, we have conversations. We have conversations. I talk to him. Am I stern? Yes. 
Does he respect me? Absolutely. I don't have to hit him. I don't have to yell at him. I can, in a firm tone, say, Jeremiah, you know exactly what you are supposed to be doing. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So why are you not doing that? Stern, firm, consistent tone, but never raise my voice. So he knows daddy is still here to protect me. Daddy's still here to love me. I don't ever want my son afraid of me. I don't ever want my son not to feel like he can come to me and cry in front of me and give me a hug and tell me, dad, I'm sad. Dad, I'm, I'm not happy. I didn't win the game. Dad, school is hard. I'm trying everything that I can, dad. And it's hard. And I'm like, son, but you're being disruptive. You're making noises. You're speaking out without raising your hand. What do you mean? You know, you know better. He says, dad, I'm trying. He said, I'm trying as hard as I can. And us having those vulnerable, open conversations, I've had to step back in how I discipline. Because when my son says, and I'm sorry, because like, it gets me really emotional because sometimes as parents, we don't understand that our kids might just be trying as hard as they possibly can. And it's hard for parents to see these things sometimes. And we have to remember We can only push our kids so much. We want the best for you. We want you to be the, the perfect child. But when your child comes to you and he says, Dad, I'm trying as hard as I can. I have to step back. I have to remember. What about the stresses that he's going through? What about the teacher and how the teacher talks to him? What about the other kids? What about them saying, talking about his shoes or talking about different things? He's, he's, he's dealt with things in school that at that age I didn't have to deal with. And I have to be patient with how I respond. I have to be patient with the discipline that I show him at home. I used to take away everything he had. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do anything fun because you didn't behave at school. When he has straight A's. Through talking to God, pleading with God, crying to God, asking God, what do I need to do here? God has revealed these things to me. And as I've learned, he has learned. And what I do now has really been beneficial. I sit down every month and I write down my goals on a whiteboard and it's in my room and I have him do the same. Son, what are your goals for this month? And he breaks down different goals. So he says, Dad, I want to have two good weeks where I don't get in trouble. I don't go to the office, any of that. stuff." I said, awesome. That is a great goal. And what I found is I support that goal and I allow him to create that goal. And I find that he's done a lot better because I've had patience. I what works for me, I don't know. 
Some of it works for him. Some of it doesn't. But being open and having patience with your children is going to be beneficial to get them to trust you. When he told me he was trying as hard as he could, I believed that. I felt that in my soul. I felt that. And I had to back up on how I was disciplining him, how I was going to navigate these next couple of days. I I encourage you to remember when your children speak out. Even if you do not fully trust everything that they're saying, they're speaking out. They might be crying for help. They might say, I need your assistance. I just need more of your support. I need more of your love to just know that I can push through this. I encourage you to discipline with patience. Have patience. I know we want our kids to be the very best. I know we want our kids to have the greatest grades and and be the leader and be the student. But we have to continue to have patience in order to mold that in our children. The next topic I want to go into is vulnerability. I was not always vulnerable. I'll probably do an episode on vulnerability and being a black man, but being a black father with a 10 year old son, I feel like you're required to be vulnerable in order for them to grow properly. I've cried in front of my son. I've been sad in front of my son. I've been emotional. I've cried in movies in front of him. I've been mad in front of him. Maybe not even at him, but I've been mad. I've showed him how to deal with the anger. How in a hyped situation you can still calm yourself down. We've had vulnerable conversations. I've talked to him As being a single parent and going through a breakup, daddy's sad. It didn't work out because of this and this and this. We've had those conversations. You have to have those conversations. We talk about work. Dad, how was work today? And I don't put a lot of stuff on him. But if something's going on at work, I let him know. Yeah, daddy had a rough day. Daddy is thinking about some things that daddy just needs to pray about. These are conversations that we have, and it allows him to be more open with me. It allows him to be more vulnerable with me when he comes home and kids made fun of him. He had these pair of shoes that he he wore all the time. His mother bought them for him, and he wore them, and they were just Nikes. They're regular Nikes. And these kids were like, oh, those shoes are busted. Those shoes are busted. And he comes home and he says, dad, like they were just making the sixth graders were making fun of my shoes. And I'm like, and you want to say, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt you. Um, That's what you want to say. But you have to utilize those moments and say, son, there are going to be people in your life that's going to hate on you regardless of whatever. There's going to be haters. And when you don't allow their words to affect you, because you know who you are, 
You know you're a good-looking kid. You're a smart kid. You have a mother. You have a father. You have nice things. You have a bed to sleep in. You have a lot of things that some of these other kids might not have. So just remember, you have to be the bigger person. You have to be the leader, and you have to be the example in these times. Don't allow these things to get to you because you know who you are. He's like, yeah, you're right. He has this Kobe jersey that I bought him. And it's a knockoff jersey. He wears it almost every Friday on Dress Down Fridays. So, of course, once again, one of the kids were like, you always wear that. And he says, so my dad bought it for me and I like it. So that's why I wear it. And he came home and he told me these things. And I told him, I said, that's excellent. Be proud of who you are. Don't be afraid to tell daddy you love him. Don't be afraid to say, I love my dad. If somebody makes fun of your mom, don't be afraid to talk about these things. He was so happy. I don't ever want my son to feel like he cannot come and talk to me about anything. I make sure that his emotions and his feelings when he's with me are intact. And that I build him up constantly. And even if I have to get on him on a little bit, I go back in and I build him back up. He makes his bed every single day. And I'm not looking for perfection. But when you start getting sloppy and when you start getting lazy, I'm like, okay, son, let's let's fix this. First of all, the covers are backwards. He immediately gets upset. Excuse me? What what was that for? Do you recall that some kids don't even have a bed? Some kids don't even have clean sheets to sleep on? You have it made. All I'm trying to do is help you make it the right way. It's going to take less than five minutes. Is it that bad? And I ask him a question. Is it that bad? No. Okay, then let's do this. But even after that, he was upstairs brushing his teeth and I was just like, I want to make sure he's really good. I want to make sure that he goes to school with his his mind and his head focused. So when he's brushing his teeth, I go upstairs and and I sit on the tub and I just have a conversation with him. How'd you sleep? Oh, I slept pretty good like this and this. You know, what are your plans for today at school? Do you guys have music or do you have P.E. today? And we start talking and then I gradually go back to the issue that we had. I said, Jeremiah, look, I'm just trying to teach you that if you do things that you may not like every single day, it's going to build that mental discipline in your brain and things are going to become easier We really have to work on fighting through that attitude, okay? He was like, yeah, I know. Being vulnerable. That can be hard for a lot of parents to do. Because a lot of times, we as parents get inside of our head and say, I said what I said, now you listen to me, I'm the adult and you're the child. It means more when we can be stern but vulnerable at the same time, when we can be open with what we're feeling as well, when we can say, I'm not trying to tell you anything that's going to hurt you. I just am trying to prevent you from hurting yourself. 
I'm trying to teach you these little lessons that are going to help you in life. Being vulnerable with my son has been one of the best parenting decisions I have ever made. Besides allowing him and teaching him about God, being vulnerable is the best decision I have made as a parent. And I can tell that he feels safe and that he feels loved when he's with daddy. Let's jump into the legacy. I have one child. I have one son who carries my last name. Who I would give up my own life for. If it meant that he gets to live healthier and happy. It's important to me to leave a legacy behind. Not so much a million dollars or a ton of money. Is the love, the vulnerability, the lessons, the memories shared is part of the legacy I want to leave behind. So that when I'm no longer here and I've transitioned to the next life, he can sit back and he can remember. I remember those times my dad talked with me. I remember those times where I felt so safe. I remember those times that he hugged me, that he kissed me. That time that we were in the kitchen and he looked at me, he said, you know what? You're a good son. I remember those times and I cherish those moments and I cherish those times. And those are the things that will keep him happy and keep him pressing forward. I remember those times he was trying to build my mental toughness so that I could be tough enough to work through life. When I get hit with work, when I get hit with these decisions that I have to make. I remember those times. Those are the legacy. Those are the items. Those are the pieces to the legacy that I want to leave for him. He has my last name, Hobbs, H-O-B-B-S. He's proud of his last name. I want him to Continue this last name and continue this example of what a good, solid man of God looks like. In a world that is dark, in a world where people can be mean and unfair at times, I want him to remember in a world that can be dark and unfair at times, I want him to remember The example that daddy set, the example of love, of being a light, of being the bigger person, of giving to others with an open heart, of sharing your time, of being vulnerable, empathetic and patient. I want him to remember that. That is what I want him to do as he carries on the legacy as my son. Of course, I want to leave something financial for him. Something that eases his life. But the key points I want to leave is that my father was a God-fearing, God-loving man. He lived as an example. He loved me as a son. He was vulnerable with me. He cherished our moments. He was proud of me. He encouraged me. He was there for me. Whenever I do get married, I want him to say, He was an example of what a good husband should be. He loved his wife. He took care of his wife. 
He was an example of how to treat a woman. That is the legacy I want to carry on. I believe it's possible. And I strive every single day to be that example and to ensure that that is the legacy I leave when I leave this world. I believe and I declare that he will continue this legacy and he will be better than me because I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, but I want to give him the proper tool set to continue to build off of the legacy that I started from my father that he got from his father. I want him to continue that and be a positive, well-rounded man of God that loves, that forgives, that is patient, that is more of a light in the world when it can be very, very dark. I believe it is a privilege to be a father. I believe that God has allowed me to father my son. He was given to me as a gift. And it is my duty and responsibility while we're on earth to care for that gift, to love on that gift, and to prepare that gift for Jesus. Being a father is a privilege. And if you're struggling and if you have questions about it, I challenge you to look inside of yourself. To be humble enough to ask Jesus, how can I be better? What can I do to be better? I am constantly reflecting. I am constantly asking God, allow me to be the man that I am supposed to be to my son. You're not going to be perfect, but we can work like hell to be the best example that we should be. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, peace.